Y'all had me really, really worried right there. <laughs> I don't think you should be unworried, though. Just don't, don't go nowhere for a little while, please. Alright, we'll stay on the station. I... Dalen Ravane attacked you? He didn't introduce himself, so I'm gonna go with yes. Here it's like, oh, do we have our appointment with the like criminal underground? Okay, great. We're gonna go to the police station now. Like, we're just gonna go talk to security real quick. Swear, we'll be right back. Welcome, one and all, to the Die by the Dice podcast. We're an actual play tabletop RPG in Starfinder. Thank you for joining us on our space adventure. I'm John, and I'll be jamming this game. Jamming this game. GMing this game. I thought you said jamming. I absolutely heard jamming. You want to take two on that? No, we're good. I'll keep it this whole thing. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) All right. I'm Lisa. I play Curse Vana, a Vesk soldier. I'm Tom. I play Lycos 9, a Solarian android. I'm Brent, and I'm jamming on Sparks, the soaky mechanic this game. (laughs) I wasn't going to assassinate your intros, but (laughs) (laughs) I decided to twist that knife a little bit. Thank you, Brent. Just, Just a little. We're down a person today but it actually works out all right because the party got split at the end of the last adventure. So if you're really hoping to see what's on the other side of Noemi's door, you'll have to tune in next week. But for now, Kerr, Lycos, Nine, and... Oh, crap. Sparks. Sparks. Thank you. So quickly you forget. <laughs> we just introduced ourselves. I'm going to be honest. I frequently don't remember Kerr's name. <laughs> I don't yeah, remember I'm yours really either. Bad. Let's yeah. be fair. None yeah. of us know you who we are. You call half the time. Um, <laughs> I actually have everyone's name written down in like an arrow pointing Wait, to where I'm I have it written down somewhere too. Ruse. <laughs> you have arrows? That's I awesome. <laughs> I just have them written down and I'd never look at it. So Kerr, Lycos9, and Sparks have de- decided to get some more information about what's going on. They're still waiting to hear back from Harvest if they have a contact within the Downside Kings that could negotiate the arrangement to meet up with Jakar. But in the meantime, they want to pursue some other more above board options so you wanted to look for one of the the libraries in town yeah anything that's got enough well something that can get me a connection to some sort of data network or something where i can start trying to figure out what the hell exactly is going on with this thing in my chest sure you have data net access at home there's also a few different absalom archives there's the there's an archive annex in the west section of the arms of the absalom station Mm -hmm. Uh, or you can head to the eye where the the primary archive is i think i'm probably gonna have to go okay so let me let me ask you this then Mm -hmm. this thing is clearly not like technological in nature it seems a lot more mystical is that kind of information readily available everywhere as well it's not readily available you may be able to check out the arcane university okay uh, a basically magical school Mm -hmm. in absalom station the challenge you're going to run into is the gap uh, basically, anything short of about 40 years ago, or longer than about mm. 40 years ago is going to be hazy at best. Okay. Interesting. Um, also, based on what we heard from Harvest or whatever, Har- not Harvest, Harovest? Harvest, yes. Harvest, okay. It's like Harvest, but there's an extra... Yeah, a little... Uh, um, it's not the same. The... No, I suppose it's not. The thing that got embedded in my chest was apparently valuable, right? Yes. So if we go someplace like an Arcane University and they recognize it, that does not necessarily bode well for the group. So. Well, we can obviously not show them, but we can say that we're interested in an academic type search without giving away too much information. Okay. 
Um, Sparks turns to Lycos and he says, "Hey, uh, hey, Lycos, you're kind of into this mystic stuff. Uh, what do you what do you think is the best course of action here? Why don't we locate a mystic? Gee, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> then it just kind of like shrugs at him. Well, no, uh, it, this kind of information may not be readily available in the archives, but locating a mystic, finding they must be on the station. They are." Far, probably far more likely to have access to this information and or know where to find it. I don't suppose there's a mystic section in the phone book. Or is there? Hell, I don't know. I never well, look for this stuff. Why don't it, what would be the effective check we, could, we would need to make? It depends on how you want to gather information. Right. You can ask around or you can basically search the web. If you're searching online, you can use computers. If you're asking around, you can use diplomacy or intimidation, I guess. So I think we've already established that like space Yelp is a thing. So I'm going to go look through space Yelp for mystic reviews. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, I guess while he's doing that, I can try to ask around. I feel weird trying to intimidate people, but I have a much better check doing that than being diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> so... Because I haven't taken any ranks in that yet. I just have a charisma modifier. I mean, you're an android. Use your robot weirdness and scare people with it. <laughs> so I, I'm going to go try to shake people down for the information. <laughs> All right. Where, where are you going to do this? <laughs> and where can I buy tickets to watch? <laughs> so you're in a section of the arms right now, kind of on some some lower dockside area. Okay. Uh, you're basically, you've, you've left Harvest's Dwell, like place of business, but you haven't really kind of gone anywhere yet. Okay. Are there bars? Oh yeah, tons of them. Oh, uh, plenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little bar, because that tends to be at least where you start when you're trying to find information, right? Yeah, it's a great place for it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's like, oh, I gotta write a term paper. Guess I better go to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually That's explains a lot about accurate. my time in college. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, is, this is Lycos 9, <laughs> Detective P.I. <laughs> so what bar do you go to? What's the closest one? Oh, you tell me. Okay, put me on the spot <laughs> like that. Mm -hmm. It's called the spot. There we go. <laughs> the greasy gear. Ooh, I like it. Wait, is this one of those like androids only kind of bars? Or <laughs> not what I was thinking, but oh, okay. Like I try to have everything be android only. <laughs> I don't know. Greasy gear has a very robot sound to it, so it does. But we're also on a space station with spaceships. I figured it had a very mechanical sound to it, and we were surrounded by mechanical things. Fair point. All right, to the greasy gear. Are we all going? It's up to you. Well, I don't know what you're doing. I thought you were searching the web. Well, I have a computer implanted in my brain, so I can probably okay. do a little bit of that. To the bar, then. I mean, if we're splitting up, I think Kerr should stay with... Uh, Sparks. Spark. So I looked over, I saw an R, and I almost said rocket. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> I'm not. No, no, I just... It, it made my brain fart. Uh, <laughs> Sparks, just for safety, but if we all want to stick together, I'm fine with that, too. We've already split the party enough for my liking, so I say we all stick together. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that, too. All right, as you move through the, the corridors in this section of the arm, eventually you come, not not too far, the, the greasy gear is not too far from Harvest's place of business, his warehouse. Uh, you know it about a half block away because you can hear a, like a squeaking sound mm. outside of the door. Uh, over the door frame, which has like a pair of neon gears mm -hmm. uh, that are sort of twisting around each other, you hear kind of like it. As a so the greasy gear is not so is what you're getting at. Uh, well, I was gonna say is that on purpose? It, yes, it, it seems like an advertising thing. But okay. a greasy gear would not be doing that. It seems like a false advertisement. It's an oxymoron. I don't know, misnomer. Anyway, so 
Semantics. Whatever the equivalent of the like saloon doors are for this thing, I'm either kicking them open if I'm tall enough. If not, I'm just ducking underneath. <laughs> okay. It actually has like a proper door, but the oh, door okay. is open right now. Okay. Uh, just like wide open. There's yeah. a. So do, you, so do you walk through it and then just kick the door and then keep walking in? I'm kicking the non-existent door and then looking like an asshole. <laughs> I'm doing the Ministry of Silly Walks. That's what. <laughs> There's a fairly large orc. It's like sitting on a stool next to the door. Kind of just gives you a side-eye look like, what are you doing? As you <laughs> walk through, but then kind of shrugs and just waves you, waves you in. Yeah. There are about a half dozen other patrons in here who are seated around the area. There's a holographic fireside, basically with a heater and a, a hologram above it. Okay. Uh, around it sit a, a quartet of women. Uh, there is a tiefling, a half-elf, an elf, and a human. Okay. Uh, they seem to be kind of huddled together and engaged in a some like a, a he, fairly heated conversation. Their voices are low, but you can occasionally pick up like chirps of excitement or kind of groans and hints of the conversation as it goes on. Is uh, this like a big place? You said there's like a half dozen other people. Is it like a big place that looks empty or like a small place that's like actually feeling a little crowded with that many people in it? It's a bit of a hole in the wall. Okay. So with the addition of your trio, there's probably about room for another four or five comfortably. Okay. There's another uh, pair of folks who are sitting kind of on the bar. Uh, one of them is a, a human uh, woman who's talking very uh, energetically to a uh, like a gelatinous creature that's perched mostly on top of the bar. Okay. As the barkeeper comes over, who's a, an android, the gelatinous creature sort of forms itself into kind of like a bowl shape, and the bartender basically just takes a cup of liquor and pours it into the, the top of said bowl. Okay. The gelatinous shape kind of quivers excitedly and uh, changes from kind of a pinkish hue to more of a, a deep maroon. <laughs> I can't, for whatever reason, I'm picturing meatwad. <laughs> Just, that's what this thing instantly turned into in my mind. There are three more uh, seats at the bar and uh, two more tables. I go up to the bar. Okay. Libations master. The android with a, a female frame and mm -hmm. slightly glowing uh, green circuitry, uh, but brightly glowing green eyes, says, uh, Sure, as you like. Any preference? Order something hard, unnecessary to which it is. <laughs> My voice just cracked really bad. <laughs> Sparks, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely that. Sparks just hops up on the barstool next to him and says, I'll have what he's having, assuming it's not going to kill me. I make no promises. I like those odds. <laughs> she says two battery acids coming up. And for the lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well. <laughs> it's a house special. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. It's not an Android thing. Yeah, you never. Okay. <laughs> Lycos just kind of again looks at you, like narrows his eyes. Hey, you gave me cheese, buddy. <laughs> I remember that. Is there an equivalency of alcohol in this type of sip? <laughs> Uh, type of setting? Yeah, there's plenty of them. The gophrase is sort of intoxicant because different species are intoxicated by different things. There, are, And you can see the bar is fairly well stocked for a small establishment. Okay. Whatever your vice is, uh, assuming it's legal on Absalom, you can probably find it here. Kerr is going to order the equivalency of like a regular beer. Okay. Something she can sip slowly and not drink because she's technically on the job, but something to hold so that she doesn't look out of place. Yeah, I think you're chaperoning this group here. <laughs> I'm I'm 
the bodyguard slash DD. <laughs> okay, what kind of beard is Kerr like? Wait, what are you driving? Him? <laughs> That'll be interesting. Driving us? <laughs> Pretty much. I'm going to be the responsible adult in this situation. Yeah. It doesn't need a defender in this case. <laughs> okay. Fair oh, I like that. That's, that's better. Wait, how do drinking laws work when you're three? Uh, most androids are of age because they're essentially mentally and physically able to handle it. So, Lisa, what is Kerr going to order to drink? She's going to order a Shrike Ken 5. Mm, okay. And what is that? A Shrike Ken 5 is a mead, like a honey mead, that's made from the wasp-like creatures that are on Vesk 5, the planet Vesk 5. Tastes like honey. All right. She says, Ah, a Vesk of some discerning taste, then. <laughs> I, I think I've got a bottle or two of that. Thank you. That's a hell of a drink order. You mind if I get in on some of that? That's good. You should try it. So she brings over your drinks, two Tom Collins glasses with kind of a orangey green liquid in it. Uh, it's sort of sickly to look at, but it smells very fragrant and citrusy. Hmm. And then one large tankard that she's poured the bottle into. How large is large? Like if Sparks goes and tries to grab it, is it going to be like comically oversized? Or For Sparks, it would be a two-handed operation. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> She, it comes down to the table with a thud. And she says, the round will be 30 credits, please. Sparks just kind of looks. I pay for it. Hey, all right. <laughs> then I look back and go, we'll put an expense report in. Hey, it's not going to me. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, takes the credits and says, uh, oh, a work lunch then, huh? Yes. It is now. <laughs> there are more than two co-workers together. It is, by definition, a work lunch. So what, uh, so what business are you all in? She starts making small talk. Hmm. Uh, you could call us fixers of sorts. Uh, we just kind of... We deliver things. Yeah. Most other things. Well, try to anyway. <laughs> At the moment, we're more on the market for some information. Maybe you can point us in the right direction. I'll see what I can do. I keep my ears open. We're looking for those of the mystical persuasion, yeah, or who might have knowledge of such things. Speaking of keeping ears open, I want to try to eavesdrop a little bit on the conversation that's going on on the other side of the room, too. Dropping some eaves. Can I know if there's any other exits? Like, I want to sort of, not case the joint, but I want to do a rundown of, like, security risk type things. Okay, there's a hallway beyond the bar leading to a, like, a quartet of bathrooms. And then beyond that, there is, a, like, a back door leading out to the alleyway. Uh, there's another door behind the bar leading to, like, a stock room, and that's about it. Then the front door. Uh, there aren't really any windows, but there's a couple of vid screens. Uh, one's playing some... It looks almost like a loop of kind of beautiful nature photography from around the packed worlds. Kind of like a planet Earth meets intergalactic travel. Uh, or inter interplanetary travel, effectively. Okay. You can see some... They are apparently, right now, showcasing some Triaxan hunting creature that's running across the, the plains there. So it's the Planet Earth sequel, everything but Planet Earth. <laughs> Can I tell who's armed or how heavily? Planet space. Is there like a shotgun above the bar type of bar, or is it more of a mom and pop kind of thing? Uh, Ren doesn't seem to have any visible, visible weaponry on her. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean she's not armed. She is the weapon. The, You've seen me hide a gun in my body, so I mean... <laughs> yeah. The human and gelatinous creature uh, don't seem to be armed. The trio, or the, sorry, the quartet of women, uh, of them, uh, two of them are armed. Uh, is the gelatinous creature poisonous? You're not sure. You're not familiar with this species. Okay. Fair enough. Which of the women? Of the women, 
Ooh, look for those upside down crowns too. That's the a... symbols of the gang. Oh, right? right, 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 right. I just didn't think we were in that area. I feel like it, it would be in Kerr's background to just yeah. do a sweep of the room that she walks into. Yeah, probably. Know who's fun. in there, know where the exits are, that kind of thing. Just mm -hmm. basic security. No complaints from me. <laughs> We're doing information gathering. While you're sweeping in the look of the room, too, Sparks is definitely like stealing a sip of your drink. <laughs> Aw, you have your own. You said I could try it. But did you get your own of hers? No, I don't think so. I thought you did. Oh, I when I said, can I get in on on that? Oh, you wanted a sip of mine. Yeah, that's. But funny. now that it's a work lunch, yeah, I'm getting both. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea of this three foot creature with like the giant, giant tanker. Metal tank. <laughs> like one of those Hobbit scenes. It, it comes, comes in pints. <laughs> I'm looking forward to when we get back next week and my character turns in an expense report to Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> you guys spent what? <laughs> Thanks, boss. Yeah. Okay. Of the four women, the tiefling has a laser glaive uh, on her back, although it's currently not ignited. Uh, the half-elf just sort of two things by her side. One is a like an elaborate, it kind of looks like a keytar, more or less. Yes. Uh, and the other has a... Uh, sorry, and she also has a laser pistol at her hip. Why are you so excited for Space Keytar? Because it's awesome. <laughs> like, if you have to ask. <laughs> you just had a, a very enthusiastic but silent Because I got, like, a real Bill and Ted future kind of feel from it, so I, I, I'm into it. I like right, it. Right. I've actually seen a lot of bands with Keytars recently, so... Oh, really? Yeah, it is having, like, a weird resurgence, isn't it? As it should be. <laughs> My favorite one was the movable keyboard on the stage. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right. Track. And the, the human and the high elf are uh, unarmed. As far as I can tell. As far as you can tell. All right. You guys are talking to the... Well, I'm talking to the bartender. He's getting drunk. And trying to eavesdrop on their conversation. Okay. He's not getting too drunk. I'll cut you off before you become a security <laughs> risk, sir. So make a, make a perception check real quick to eavesdrop. Okay. Ooh. Ooh, that's not good. That's only an 11. Uh, no, there's... Not here, no. The conversation between the blob and the woman next to him mm. are kind of drowning it out. Okay. Uh, he's from out of town, and she's very excited about his uh, business ventures. You can ask them to keep it down. <laughs> hey, can it open it now? <laughs> All right, Leica, so you're asking the Ren about some information? Yes, I asked if she knew any mystics or mystic-oriented types that might have information on such matters. Uh, yeah, I may. Let's see. What kind of thing are you looking to get into? Specifically, enchanted gems. Whether it be, uh, like a Solarian gem or other enhancements that can be done. Yeah, I may know somebody. Let's see. Yeah, I've got a regular here, uh, Fernarn. He's a Solarian, like yourself, it looks like. He may have a line on some... Some enhancement crystals for you. Uh, when does he normally come in? Well, I think he's working today, but uh, he's usually in the evenings. Out of character. About what time is it now? Uh, it's evening. So he so he should be in any minute then. Well, he's working today. He's probably not coming in tonight. Oh, tonight. Okay. Um. All right. So I will uh, look for him tomorrow then. Yeah. Sounds good. I thank you. I appreciate it. I slide her what's considered a good tip, like five credits. I don't know. The whole bill was 30, so yeah. Did you get a second drink? 
Yeah. So kick another <laughs> ten credits on there. Okay. Yeah, and I'll I'll chip in for the the tip. All right. I'm gonna need you to make a Constitution or sorry, Fortitude saving throw there. <laughs> Sparks. All right. Not my strong suit. Uh, but I got a 14. 14 will be good enough. Okay. I'm not as think as you drunk I am. <laughs> you're still pretty coherent, but you're kind of at the at the fulcrum. Okay. Uh, with Without Kerr's sort of restraining hand, you might be in for a, a rough night. Okay. All right, so what's the plan then? Well, I mean, we have a lead that won't be here likely until tomorrow, so our options are to go do something else, like straight research, drink, We'll figure out something else to do. We were going to do... You know my vote. Well, you're done. (laughs) Oh, no fun. We do need to find out what's going on with you, so... We can go look in the archives. Make it the original, part of the original plan. To the archives. Okay. All right, you arrive at the Absalom Archive Annex. Can I order another uh, battery acid to go? That's a thing? (laughs) I'm about to find out. (laughs) (laughs) She says, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We don't do to go. We're intoxicated. Oh, man. We're don't a, get my hopes up like that. <laughs> we're, a, we're a fine establishment here. We can't be seen having our intoxicants going just around the, around the station here. Well, I order another one and then drink it before I leave. Like, we need to put a totally small glass. It's just kind of Found it? All right. <laughs> so now you'll need to make a constitution saving throw. Oh no! Oh no! Drunk Solarian. Twenty-three. One shy of a natural twenty. You're fine. <laughs> so to the archive. To the archive. All right. As you make it to the archive, it looks like they're probably about half an hour from closing down. There are a few people inside. You can see a pair of other Yosoki, sort of poring over a large number of books they've set out on one of the tables. Uh, one of them has a like a drafter's kit mm-hmm. and seems to be doing up some blueprints and while consulting with the other one. They seem to be bickering. Oh, okay. Uh, quietly, of course, though. It is a, an archive. Mm. There's also a human with a shaven head, a uh, woman, who is seated in a fairly large kind of plush chair and pouring over a, a thick tome. On her shaven head, she has a tattoo of a circle and an arrow with a constellation running through it. Uh, you all recognize this as the symbol of Ibra the Inscrutable, uh, the god of celestial bodies in the cosmos. Oh, there's like a terminal in the middle of the archive for like indexing. Okay. Uh, I think seeing the blueprints, Sparks is immediately distracted and just like, hey, what are you guys working on? Make a diplomacy check real quick. Ooh, guess what's not my strong suit? But I did roll a 17. Uh, the first one sort of peeks up and says, a new matter projector. <laughs> cool. So he's like immediately looking around trying to check out the, the blueprints and stuff and offering like totally unsolicited <laughs> advice and stuff. Okay, go ahead and make an engineering check. Uh, that's going to be pretty high. That's a 27. Okay. You see two places where they can make improvements. What can they do to make their matter projector better? So, let's see. Matter projection is in, like, transporting matter or, like, weaponized matter stuff? Or what kind of... Is it... Am I able to tell from their schematic? The schematic looks to be a weapon. Okay. I'll just look at it and point out, like, well, your voltage is all wrong here, and you could probably get a little better efficiency if you turn this and I'm, like erasing part of it or like scratching it out and writing over and i'm like writing out a couple of equations like randomly like use this 
and you'll get double the efficiency. One of them says, I see, I told you. And the other one says, no, but, okay, well, I, I thought my calculations were solid on this one. It, for Okay, okay, thank you. Uh, uh, I'm Carson, and, uh, oh, sorry, I'm totally blanking on names there. <laughs> and this is Gaul. Uh, who are you? Uh, everybody just calls me Sparks. Hey, Sparks, it's good to meet you. And gives you, like, a, a good firm handshake. Mm -hmm. I just suppose you're looking for employment. Uh, you know, I'm already gainfully employed, but I'm always open to interesting opportunities. Well, <laughs> gainfully might be a little debatable, but... <laughs> okay, well, we're putting together a bit of a think tank, and we're... This is our, our main project. We're looking for some venture capital, and we're always looking for new people to join us in this, this bold adventure here. Uh, so, if you... If you if, some employment opportunities come up for you, and you're looking to put your skills, as you can... As it looks like, you're... Are considerable... To uh, good use, I'm sure we can we can find a spot for you. Uh, yeah, sure. You know what? Tell me what, or tell you what? <laughs> tell me what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> tell you what? When you guys do that, you know, after you do some testing, give me some feet. Or uh, how do I want to say this? Give me your card. <laughs> yeah, basically, like you know, let me know how your testing goes. I'm uh, I'm I'm interested. Well, maybe some freelance work, perhaps. Uh, yeah, I could be into that. Okay, yeah, good. And they basically. Everyone swaps contact information. Okay. So here's the other side of that. I want to memorize that schematic and definitely steal that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. taking a screenshot with your brain. <laughs> You're making friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, make a perception check. Okay. Not if he's stealing their stuff. I might also ask if Look I can trade my memory module reroll on knowledge checks and see if I can just like use that to memorize it. Yeah, I'll allow it. Okay, cool. Like, if I have a thing that's literally called memory module, I'm just like, okay, like, it seems like you could maybe. Okay, gotcha. Sweet. <laughs> Where's the nearest patent office? <laughs> patent troll the shit out of these guys. You're horrible. <laughs> Weren't you here to do some research on a magical gem or something? Hey, when yeah. opportunity knocks, right? <laughs> yeah. He's a money-making rat. <laughs> this thing hasn't killed me yet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would also like to do that at some point, though. <laughs> okay, go ahead and make a computer's check to pull up the archive. Or to uh, search the archive. That is also going to be a 27. All right. So, you spend the next half hour or so, essentially until closing, they kick you out, mm. looking through the archive. You don't really find anything relevant. There are some other things about magical gems, but they seem to be mostly about... They're all more recent texts, and a lot of them are focusing on, uh, like, some have protective amulets or enchantments on them, and a lot of them are about Solarian enhancement gems and sort of the, hmm. a lot of it's sort of theoretical, not really very practical. Like, how do the energies of the cosmos that are channeled through these special beings interact with particular frequencies of crystal construction, and how can we make those better, hmm. uh, as opposed to, like, if you have a red magic wrench and then stuck on your chest, it does this. <laughs> well, shit. All right. Um, but okay. It, but it does do. You are managed to sort of exhaust the archive as a a resource for you. Okay. Hmm. Well, I got a whole lot of nothing. So, uh, you guys come up with anything? Have you guys even been doing anything? <laughs> I've been just sort of waiting for you to get into a fight. But since you're not, I'm just kind of chilling. I'm not a researcher. Apparently not. Okay. Well, uh, this place is tapped. So. <laughs> 
It doesn't I mean, I close soon. Let's not draw attention Would I to be ourselves. able to do anything with like a mysticism check for here? No, not really. Right, making sure. Actually, no, you don't really have any de detect magic or anything like that, no. Oh, is the lady with the thing on her head still there? Yes, she is. Mm. When closing time comes, a number of like dumb AI robots mm -hmm. are moving through and saying like, the archive is now closed. Please yeah, move, move to the exit. Big dumb mouths. <laughs> big dumb robots. Oh, and okay, you're not, there's no confusion about dumb AI versus smart AI. Like smart okay. AI are like proper sentient. And, <laughs> That's the way you said it. Okay. It's funny. <laughs> big dumb robots come around <laughs> to kick everybody out. Uh, and she's sort of startled by them. She's like, oh, oh, mm. uh, yeah, sorry, sorry. And like, kind of puts her books away back into a stack. Mm -hmm. uh, as she's doing so, a kind of trailing behind the robots is a creature about of a similar height as you. Uh, it's covered in fur that's like luminescent pink. It's not glowing, but it's mm. so bright as to be almost dark, hard to yeah. look at. Okay. Uh, it has um, big dark eyes and a wide mouthful of sharp teeth and a, a big smile. Uh, it has six arms, all of which are kind of piled high with books, and it sort of cheerily saunters across the saunters just... across the library floor mm. and is picking up left in discarded books and putting them onto their cart. Hmm. Is this a pink stitch? That's kind of what I'm picturing, yeah. I was uh, going Monsters, Inc., but I could, see, oh, yeah. I could see Stitch. You all recognize this creature instantly as a skittermander. Hmm. You can see their picture on the front of the alien archive. Oh, shit. <laughs> yes, it is a pink stitch. Yeah, basically. But an extra pair of arms, kind of. He had, like, four at least at one point? Something. He had I don't six. Remember. I think he had six at one point, too. He had six. And he had six limbs. These, they have eight limbs total. Okay. So, that is, that is six arms, two legs. So I'm guessing librarian, basically? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I will try to catch up with the human woman on the way out. Okay. And just be like, hey, what was that you were reading over there? That's a pretty big book. It's almost as big as I am, looked like. It was. It was. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, it was a... It was star charts from locations in the vast. Hmm. That sounds pretty uh, mystic, if you ask me, like nudging everyone around me, like, ah, ah? I mean, kind of. There's certainly a, a magic to them, uh, if, you, if you will, but I, I, I look at them more for, for inspiration. Hmm. Are you a traveler? I am. Ibra has left mysteries for sentience throughout the cosmos. The stars are not placed by accident as part of a grand design. Uh, it is only up to us to, to find it. But it's massively egotistical to think that the, the answers will be seen from Absalom Station. Like, the gods left all the answers to the people of Galarian. I mean, it's, it's absurd. So I've been traveling and looking at uh, around the vast, out to the, the edges of the galaxy, trying to get a, a better picture of what uh, the stars look like, what, a better picture of what the mystery is all about. It's a it's a puzzle that has been left to us. And I love your, puzzles. And in your puzzling, have you come across anything strange involving crystals? Out of curiosity, they are of great interest to me. Uh, strange crystals—that's a fairly specific question. Ah, crap! <laughs> this is totally the person who was the the buyer Look. or whatever the, for the other one. Yeah. Oh no, guys, we done goofed. Play it cool. <laughs> Wait, wouldn't there be a pretty good chance the buyer was blown up? What? 
The original buyer would have been in the bar, or at least their agent, yeah, right? I said buyer. I meant the no. person that was like contracting with Harvest or whatever to move this thing. We weren't meeting with the buyer. We were meeting with the person that the buyer hired to get it from us, which yeah. didn't go so well. Something but like I don't know. This is all theory. Somebody likely they got blown up. Probably true. Most likely true. But it wasn't us. Almost was, but it wasn't. Uh, who... She says, have you, have you spoken with any Urog? A what now? Uh, the Urog. They're crystalline creatures from Daikon, a moon further out in the Pact Worlds. Huh. Uh, no, but I kind of want to now. Where might we find them? Or one? They don't live, leave their homeworld very often, but I have a, a companion, uh, a sister in faith somewhat, uh, here on station, in fact. If you wouldn't mind putting us in contact with her, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, yeah, a moment. And she kind of pulls out a, a Rolodex, or not Rolodex, but... <laughs> wow! <laughs> Excuse me. She, pull, she pulls out a data pad. Space Rolodex. That's a nice little piece of anachronism you got going on there. <laughs> I only work analog for friends. <laughs> I like to stay off the map. I'm off the grid. I have a friend named B, who's the uh, the Urag, uh, another priestess, though not of Ibra. Uh, she's on station for a little while yet. Uh, I can give her your or give you her information if you'd like to reach out to her. Yeah, yes. sounds cool. All right, she gives you B's B's contact info. Uh, she's staying in the eye presently. Okay. Um. Out of character. What is that? Oh, that's like the big dome, central dome in uh, Absalom Station. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, thanks, lady. What was her name? Did I miss it? And you never asked. I wanted to ask her name. Okay. She says, uh, I'm Lorana. It's nice to meet you. You as well. Does her order have a traditional greeting or gesture? If... What is it if Kerr knows it? What kind of a check would that be? Oh, just makes it up. Just asking you, yeah. Yeah. Oh. She's a, a priestess of Ibra. If Kerr knows the kind of some of the Ibran rites, then just tell me what it is. Oh, okay. Uh, star people, yes? Yeah, like mysteries of the, of the universe and, and the cosmos is sort of their pantheon. All right, so I'll, I'll gesture upwards and then to her, like, Universe greets you. She smiles and repeats the gesture. Uh, to you and yours as well. Well, perhaps we will meet at the archives again. Thank you for your time. It was very interesting to speak with you. She gives you a smile and a like a bow and goes along her way. All right. Well, I guess we got our next lead. Send an email. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if that's the information i have then i guess i do send an email <laughs> okay whatever the space email that was the joke i was about to make yeah. no, wait, <laughs> never mind space mail we got there all right what are you saying what's the um what's the body of this hi <laughs> dear whoever's name i've already forgotten b. um yes b that was it a s l <laughs> um just something along the lines of like uh, hi, you don't know me, but I got your name from, uh, your friend, the, oh shit, the other name I already forgot. 
that I'm definitely typing because I'm saying this in character voice, apparently. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, Lorana. Lorana, that one. Um, Lorana gave me your information, said you're an expert on crystals. Uh, and then I'm like, as I'm typing it, I freeze like, ooh, is that racist if I call it crystals? Like, I don't know the protocol. Because uh, they're crystal monsters, you said, basically. <laughs> they're crystalline creatures, yes. Yeah, that. <laughs> I think that was way worse. <laughs> like, is he like, oh, is that insensitive? Uh, anyway. <laughs> just like, um, so anyway, I, I've got something I kind of wanted to run by you. The reply is almost, like, immediate. Mm. And it says, uh, that's fine. My dormancy cycle is all messed up when I come to Absalom anyway. You can meet me at these coordinates in the eye. And an address comes to you. Okay. Um, also want to fire off a quick note to Harvest or whatever. And just like, hey, the name B doesn't mean anything to you, does it? Uh, there's no response. Yeah, go figure. Doesn't strike me as the email answering type. <laughs> Or there's no immediate response, excuse yeah, me. Okay. Okay. Uh, it'll take you about an hour, hour and a half maybe to, to get to the address she gave you. Okay. Um, you guys want to go? Are you going? Yes. <laughs> she was good enough to agree to meet us, so let's follow this lead. Okay. I mean, what could go wrong, right? Sure. Verily. Then I guess off we go. Okay. Thank you for everyone who tuned into the podcast this year. You've done an amazing thing for us, and we really appreciate it. So far in 2018, in the first few months, we've managed to hit our combined total of 2016 and 2017 in their entirety, or we're on pace to break that record this week. So, as a result, we're going to go ahead and do a giveaway. Uh, to say thank you to all the listeners who made this possible. So please go ahead if you want to enter the drawing to win a set of dice. Each of us is choosing a set of dice to put into the drawing to enter to win one of these dice. And you can see them on Twitter. I'll be posting them this week so you can see what you're in the running for. Go ahead and email us, diebythedice at gmail.com. And in the subject line, say giveaway. And somewhere in the body, say 1045. 1045 is the magic number for plays. That's going to be breaking the record we had from 2016 and 2017. We're only expecting to go up from here. And if you want some dice to join us on that journey, then email dice at gmail.com. Giveaway in the subject line and in the body, say 1045. Thanks for listening and back to the episode. As you get to the eye, it's been artificially darkened. So it's not like pouring sunlight. It's it's mm. the night cycle of Absalom Station. Okay. It's most noticeable in the eye, within the eye where it's usually very bright, but even the side passageways have all been been dimmed as you travel through them. Mm. As Absalom natives, this is no surprise to you, but I'm just explaining to you, the players, yeah, yeah. The, what's going on. And our listeners. The eye itself is the upper kind of crust of Absalom Station. Uh, this is sort of when where the money tends to flow. Okay. Uh, the buildings are like large skyscrapers. It's very kind of urban, but uh, clean and well-tended. There's an enormous garden that dominates a, a large portion of it. Hmm. The coordinates you gave you were on the edge of that garden. And when you get there, there's a large, essentially, hotel. Uh, it's simply called Warren's. Hmm. Warren's like rabbit Warren's or Warren's like... Warren, Warren, Warren apostrophe it. S. Okay, Warren owns it. Got it. Good question. Yeah, I was, I was like, wondering now. 
I wonder then it went, oh, it's supposed to be upscale. It's probably a dude. There's a human in well-dressed station attire at the door who opens it as you approach. Oh. I nod politely, or what I assume is politely. He nods back and says, uh, welcome to Warren's. Uh, as you walk in, there's a large entryway hall. There's a brilliant sort of floating chandelier arrayed about 20 feet above you, casting scintillating light around the chamber. Uh, if you're thinking that ball scene from Firefly, you're not that far off. There we <laughs> go. Okay. Shindig. I know that look. That's a good uh, The Firefly look? The, I think that's a Firefly reference look. <laughs> yes. In this case, it was. There's a uh, a concierge at the desk who says, uh, Welcome. How can I help you all? Uh, another human man. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we got an appointment with uh, a guest of yours that's staying here. A B? Ah, yes. Uh, B told me that she might be expecting some guests. Uh, you may find her in the bar and restaurant. <laughs> All right, I like this girl already. <laughs> Off to the bar, then. And restaurant. And restaurant, but specifically the bar. <laughs> oh, uh, yes, the, the restaurant has been closed for the evening. Uh, the kitchen, anyway. Uh, you may still have a dr- help yourselves to drinks if you like. Don't mind if I do. So, work we- dinner. <laughs> Where's the food? Kitchen's closed, remember. Yeah, kitchen's closed. Who you cares? said work dinner. That's why I asked where the food was. We I'm on a liquid diet you if you haven't noticed. Your, <laughs> you didn't have any food at lunch, so I don't see what the big deal was. But Okay, so the bar in this case is actually pretty sparse. There's a, a Lushinta a Daimeo bartender behind mm-hmm. the bar. And at the sort of hovering just in front of the bar, you see a creature that looks kind of like a a crystalline crustacean. A beaked mouth and a number of clawed legs okay. running down its its underbelly or her underbelly. Uh, there is a robe kind of draped over her back and you can see there's a like butterfly motif to the the look of it. The color of the robe is a very pale pink. The the butterfly's wings are like a starfield. The creature is uh, communicating to the, the Lucinta bartender, mm-hmm. and you can see both of their antenna uh, twitching. Okay, um, they're commu- both communicating telepathically. As you walk in, uh, she seems to sense you, and uh, a wide smile, kind of, or what looks like a wide smile, appears on her beaked face. Beak, mm-hmm. <laughs> a smiling beak. Okay, uh, it sort of opens up a little, and she begins to glide across the floor towards you. Mm-hmm. All the limbs sort of hanging below her her main body. Uh, and as she does so, you can see little arcs of electricity go between her uh, core and the, the ground below. Space crustacean. Maybe yeah. Crystal? Weird, like, space shrimp. But with a beak. Yeah. I don't know what else to call that. I wouldn't have said beak, but I don't know what I would have said instead. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess as she's floating over, I'll just say, like, hey, uh, you must be B, yeah? That's right. I'm B. And who might you be? And uh, she communicates telepathically to all of you. Oh, okay. Um, they call me Sparks, uh, and these are my friends here. This is Lycos and uh, Kerr. That's it, Kerr. Oh, Almost missed that one. Lycos 9. Lycos 9, Kerr, Sparks, it is so good to meet all of you. The Dreamer's blessings upon you. Uh, please, sit with me. Uh, yeah, sure, likewise. And he just kind of like follows over, I guess. Uh, you recognize 
now that with the butterfly motif and the talk of the dreamer, mm-hmm. uh, that she's a priestess of Desna. Oh, okay. Uh, who holds amongst her pantheon dreams. Okay. So she glides back over to the bar and you can see her kind of antenna twitch as she communicates to the bartender, gives a wide smile and uh, brings over a large class sphere uh, with a made of like a, a darkened crystal. And inside you can see a, a swirling vapor of some kind. There's like a straw coming up off it. And she wraps one of her four claws around it and takes it in hand. She says, or communicates back to you all, uh, please, first round's on me. It looks like a bong. <laughs> it's, there's no, like, it's essentially one way. There's no uh, oh, okay. chimney just, on it, effectively. Right, big glass thing full of vapor, like, ah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, pass, man. That's the next part. So Sparks grabs it. And... I pass the duchy on the left hand side. Oh, as, as you, if you reach That's for it. That's her drink, she, isn't it? As you reach joking. for it, she she pulls it in close. Uh-huh. And she says, oh, this, and she communicates back to you. Oh, this would probably kill you. I would not recommend it. <laughs> probably? No. Uh, the, the bartender uh, communicates to you and she says, uh, <laughs> Definitely. He says, uh, the Urug are silicon based. Their intoxicants are slightly different. Ah. Uh, what was that beer you got? The Shrike Ken number five. That one. You have one of those? Is, uh, we have Shrike Ken Prime. He turns back to Kerr and goes, eh? Also good. That one. All right. Uh, he pours a large, essentially, goblet. The bottle that it comes in is pretty massive. Yes. Uh, vests are huge and hearty and <laughs> require drinks as appropriate. Yeah. He says, uh, not my personal favorite, but we have a number of dwarven patrons who find it to be quite a disturbing brew. Hmm. All right. So he happily drink that. fungus. He smiles and says, our dwarven patrons drink a lot of things. <laughs> cool. Uh, and for the the other of you, I will also have the the prime. I have had too much today. Oh, perhaps a uh, a juice or a water. Big glass of milk for my friend over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have a cider? Of course. He he pour, takes a bottle that says Castrovel Commons and pours it into a a big glass for you and hands it over to you. I will thank B for the first round. Oh, I'm just happy to meet people. So, you're Lorana. friends of Lorana? Uh, yeah, you could call us that. She, uh, well, see, here's the thing. And he's like, grabs like a bar napkin, basically. He's like, starting to draw out the particle accelerator, th- or not, the mass projector, rather, that he was just trying to. So, I'm working on this, this design for this new mass projector, and there's a, there's a crystalline component in here, and she told me you were an expert on these things. So, I'm starting to, <laughs> he just like starts rattling off like all this. We're looking for information on crystals. We were told you were an expert. <laughs> well, I'm an expert in that I'm made of crystal, <laughs> uh, and there are a few stones. The does not escape us. And there are a few stones that do have ritual significance to the dreamer, but uh, I would not say I'm a, a crystal expert. Well, you're better off than probably most of the rest of us. Uh, nor am I, sorry, but an expert in uh, weapon physics. The the schematic doesn't really mean much to me, I'm sorry to say. In your travels, would you have discovered anything about crystals that might enhance a person? It's fairly well known that the Solarian use crystals to enhance their their powers and their connection to the cosmos. Uh, do you have your Do you have your moat swirling? 
Oh yeah, yeah. There's I haven't had no reason to not to like physically turn it off. Uh, I have one in my retinue who I would be happy to introduce you to. Perhaps a, a barter can be in order if you're if that's what you're searching for. Well, I am not adverse to acquiring a Solarian crystal for my moat. Uh, not exactly the it's maybe in the same ballpark, but not the exact type of crystal we're looking for. Um, can you be more specific, please? More like one that could ha- enhance a non-Solarian. Uh, maybe grant protection, extra constitution, speed, uh, stuff ah. like that. Yes. Within the Desnan priesthood, when people have reached beyond that rank of acolyte, they are gifted with a sliver of attuned energy uh, blessed by the goddess. Implanted in the wearer, it will enhance them as Desna sees fit. Sparks does everything in his power not to give away that that's exactly, like, that's a little on the nose, you know? Is there a... How rare are those kind of crystals? Common enough. It's a fairly routine part of our ascension ceremony. What kind of enhancements do they typically... Most commonly, they grant the Acolyte additional wisdom, but it can vary. Uh, Desna's whims are somewhat mercurial. (laughs) I almost said capricious, but that's not quite fitting. <laughs> uh, no, the, the dreamer works in mysterious ways, if that's not too cloying a, a phrase. But it will make our acolytes better able to serve. Are this uh, Desna's gifts decided when they enchant the crystal, or does it depend on the uh, recipient, I'll call them? In our means, it's done at the time of implantation, although... There are other means of enhancement as well. And if one of these were to, say, end up in, say, not the intended recipient, what's the consequences of that? Well, I imagine... Hypothetically speaking, of course. Of course. Uh, well, uh, if your friend was to receive a unintentional... She's got your number. And, and she, so that she takes a, like a drag off of the, the smoke mm. ball were to receive an unintentional implementation, I imagine they would be enhanced as a faithful would. Uh, there are no curses put upon our enhancement crystals, although that's <laughs> not to say such things do not exist. <laughs> you went from being very relaxed to very unrelaxed very quickly. <laughs> uh, well, Is, that's good to know. Can the crystals be removed? No, they break up within the system shortly. Uh, they're actually only there in the crystalline form for a matter of days. Have you heard of a crystal that doesn't break apart? It stays uh, visible upon the person it was implanted in. Not myself. Mm. I'm sure such things would would exist, but that seems kind of irksome. Quick uh, point of order. How many days has it been since this has happened? We were in the... Drift for at least three. Mm. It's been like three and a half. Okay. So is this one of those like... A few is specifically three, or like anywhere from three to five, or <laughs> you would have to inquire. Okay. Uh, so what are we talking here? Like three days, five days, a week? Oh, typically within uh, two to four standard solars. Hmm. Okay. Well, we ain't got nothing to worry about there then. I mean, my friend has nothing to worry about there then. I'm really bad at this. <laughs> you, you did say we. Yeah, we being like with my friend included. Yeah. 
You, know, you don't want to be. Parties. You don't want to leave them out. She sets the globe down on the bar, and then makes a, a quick, a few quick gestures with her four claws, mm-hmm. and you hear like a, a few clicking sounds come out of her mouth, like actual sounds, not telepathy speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, as she does so, her head kind of darts back a little bit, uh, and you hear a like tele- telepathic communication of a dreamer's eyes. What is that you have? What? What? Are you, <laughs> I realized that sounded really dumb. What are we talking about? Uh, she doesn't have eyes, but her beak kind of closes, and uh, she like her head sort of inclines down towards you. One of her four claws reaches out and just kind of just like <laughs> dink, yeah, yeah. <laughs> taps you on the chest. Uh oh, that yeah uh. Look, lady, I'm gonna level with you. We don't really know. Uh, it it just kind of found me, you could say. Well, if you're looking for information about it, which you seem to be doing in a wonderfully inept method, <laughs> I'm going for that like charmingly and like endearingly dumb. Says <laughs> if you want to get answers, I can point you towards the best location I've managed to find for matters such as these. You want to seek out Rin Acrios. Her face kind of contorts in a, a mild bit of frustration and then just like beams the proper spelling into your oh. mind, which is R-I-N-A-C-H-R-I-O-S. Ah, okay. And uh, as she does so, you can see a enormous like stone castle floating in the void. Hmm. Uh, a bit of like torn earth still clinging to its underbelly. That's uh, that's not something you see every day. It's a true void fortress, uh, the only of its kind, that, to my knowledge. Uh, the archmages there know everything there is to know about magic, as far as I've been made aware. If answers are you seek of the arcane variety, you should head there. Hey, uh, look. As long as we're kind of being clear about this, we're not gonna be like any trouble or anything with this, are we? Like. We didn't intend to get this thing, but like it just kind of found us. I hope not, and I will pray for you, Sparks. Okay, well, as long as somebody is. She reaches for her globe and sort of sucks the last of the vapor out of it. Her floating becomes kind of a little bit wobbly for a moment, and then a few uh, more arcs of electricity kind of stabilize her. She says, Oh, this is seeming to uh, get to my head a bit quicker than I thought. May your dreams be pleasant ones, Sparks. Lycos nine, Kerr, and she kind of widens her claws and, and bows her head uh, before kind of pulling her claws in and her head continues to bow. She sort of folds over on herself into kind of a, almost a slug-like shape and then floats out of the, the bar. <laughs> Just, huh. <laughs> okay, well, she seemed nice. Yeah. So off to another person eventually. That sounds like a, yeah. a, a trip, though. We should meet back up with the captain since our next location is taking us off station, and we've also been asked to specifically wait here. Yes. Yeah, we're uh, supposed to wait. Not leave. Yeah. It's also getting pretty late. So what do you guys do from here? I drag the drunken rat back to his home. I'm not that drunk. I probably he, he says drunk. that, and I, I just, like, tap him on the forehead. Yeah, he staggers back a bit. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I am three feet tall, and you're just thunk, you know? <laughs> I'm, like, a regular-sized person. You're also still twice my size. You're also three feet tall and been drinking, like, a vesk for the evening, so... 
I'm failing to see the problem here. <laughs> All right, so I, as our heroes stumble home, we will end for tonight. Okay. So thank you for joining us on the Dime of the Dice podcast. We appreciate the listenership and the feedback we've been getting from everybody. Uh, please hit us up on Twitter at Dime of the Dice, or if you have a little bit longer form feedback, Dime of the Dice at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from everybody. Just takes a second. So thank you very much if you decide to reach out. And of course, commenting on your platform of choice for podcast uh, makes a big difference too. Uh, we're not really doing any, ad- any advertising, so word of mouth goes a long way. On that note, if you could recommend us to a friend or recommend us to a teammate, that would be wonderful. Have a good evening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.